Hey guys, welcome to the second week of the Exchange Online. We have changed places uh, just because it was not a great thing for me to give a message while my kids are trying to sleep. Uh, speaking of that, it's been a rough uh, week so far in quarantine. Uh, we are actually down to our last two rolls of toilet paper, uh, real talk. Uh, I may be camping out in front of Costco tomorrow. On top of that, our son is at home being homeschooled. And um, let me just say, preschool teachers, you guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. But I think the most important thing that's come out of quarantine so far is that I have a quarantine beard now. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm growing it out right now. My wife's not too thrilled, but what can she do about it? She's in quarantine, right? No, but really, we are, uh, we're excited to be back online again this week. We are starting a new series this week called The Church Has Left the Building. Uh, it's going to be a series about the book of Acts, at least the first couple chapters, about how the early church basically lived in not similar situations, but similar in the fact that they had a lot of different situations going on. They were brand new. Uh, the entire idea of the church was new. The idea of what they should be doing following Jesus was new. And on top of that, they couldn't really meet all together because if they did, the people would find out about it and it was illegal to be a Christian at the time. And so they had to figure out what it meant to live the way God wanted them to do in this church in a whole new scenario that they weren't used to. I mean, I, and the reason we're talking about this is come as the, some of you sit right now, you're in quarantine and you're looking at the church and you're going, well, the church isn't really meeting right now. And that's not true. The church is so much more than its four walls. The search, church is so much more than us meeting in a room and singing and having teaching. The church is what happens outside of it. And I would say this, I think God believes the church is just as much what happens in the walls as what happens outside of the walls on a daily basis and what we're supposed to do there. And I think in this time, we have the opportunity really to do a lot more ministry outside the church because of our situation. Reach out to people that we haven't before. Because here, here's the deal, no matter what's going on in our lives, we still have incredible, incredible truth to live by. In the same way with Acts, you know, they had just had Jesus die. Jesus died, but then they realized what happened. Jesus defeated death. He came back. Jesus defeated sins. Jesus defeated everything in our lives, not just to defeat it, but to have a relationship with them in that moment. And so they're excited. They're thrilled out of their minds, but they have no idea what to do with it. See, I think right now we're in that same situation. We're in a weird situation in quarantine, but we still have an incredible message. We still have an incredible message that Jesus loves you and Jesus has a purpose for your life and he can still use you right now no matter what your situation is. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how God has a mission for the church still how God has a mission for your small group and where you're at right now. And I believe God has brought all of us together for a reason, for a reason that we're going to talk about. And as we look into the book of Acts, we're, we're looking at what happened after, we're looking at what happened after Jesus rose from the dead. In chapter one, verse one, it says this, this is Luke talking. He says, in my first book, I told you, the book of Luke says Theophilus about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them that they had many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. First off, the guy who writes this book, his name is Luke. Uh, I, I said that already, but Luke is also wrote the book of Luke. Luke depicts Jesus' life. Acts depicts the beginning of the church. Incredible two books together talking about the history of Jesus and his people. Now, let me just say this. When we look at this first part, here's what you see. It says, Jesus began to do and teach. One, one part I just want to start off with this 
is, is this. There's two things we look at when we look at Jesus, what he did and what he said. I'll be honest, there's a lot of people that are thrilled about what he did. You know, he served the poor, he cared for the orphans, he cared for the widows, he loved the people that at that time people weren't loving. Where people kind of draw a line though is what he said. Because who did he say he was? He said he was God, right? He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father, no one's saved but through him. And what we have to realize is we can't just take what he did, we have to also take what he said. Because what he said was so important. What he said was the reason he was killed. But what he said is the thing that brings us life. And if you disagree with what Jesus said, what you do is you go back and you look at what he did. And you go, is this the man with this type of character and this kind of love that would lie to me? Or that would lead us into doing something that is wrong? Or is this somebody that absolutely wanted to do an incredible work in my life? You see, Jesus, when he came back, it says in that verse, it said he came back for 40 days. He met with over 500 people. He got to know people. He talked with people. He let them know, hey, I'm alive, but this isn't the end. I mean, really at that time, it wasn't hard to believe in him if you were one of those people. I mean, you're sitting across from him having breakfast. He's going, hey, I'm here. You're going, yep, I know you are. You're sitting right in front of me. But this was something that we have to come to terms to today. But when we look back at this, we can see Luke record eyewitness accounts of the people that sat with Jesus. Let me just say this about Luke, the author. A lot of people assume many times that it was only the dumb and the poor that follow God. You know, it was those that were easily, you know, caught up in the hysteria of it, all the different things on the side. Actually, when we look at Luke, it's the exact opposite. Luke was a doctor. Luke was both not poor or dumb. He was both rich and incredibly wise. This is a guy that went back and talked to a ton of people. He wanted to write down exactly what happened. Now, I want you to understand this. Luke wasn't an eyewitness. He wasn't there when Jesus did those things. But he went back and accounted for all of these things by talking to multiple people that were alive during that time. And then he actually went on a lot of the journeys with Paul as he started churches in order to account what happened in the first church. So when you say, when you see it says me and Paul or Paul and us, it's talking about Luke in that moment. See, Luke understood this, and this is something we got to understand. Luke understood that what Jesus did was history. What Jesus did, we could observe. See, Christianity is actually based off history, not philosophy. This is what changes Christianity from other religions like Buddhism, other religions that are about a place or a philosophy. Christianity is based off a person who lived, Jesus, a person that died, Jesus, and a person that rose from the dead in Jesus. We get to look at who Jesus was, follow what he did, learn from what he said, and follow after him in that. See, what's so great about Christianity, the entire idea of it, is that it's based around a person that you get to know, a person that you get to understand. And through knowing and understanding who Jesus is, we know and understand who God was also. That's a very important thing to remember. But then when you see him catch up in verse four, he says this, says, once when he was eating with him, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, says John was baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here's what Luke wants us to understand and Jesus wants us to get. Jesus's life was not just to be admired. It was to be experienced. See, what does he talk about in that verse? He talks about the Holy Spirit. 
It talks about the power there. We tend to look at Jesus' life with admiration. We look at it and we're like, man, it's amazing what he did. And then many times we look at his life and we go, well, that was Jesus. He got to do that. Well, when we look at what Jesus is saying, he, he doesn't say that we just get to admire what he did. He says we get to have that same power. In fact, Jesus said we'll do even greater things than him. How do we do that? It's through the how, power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus literally says right there, he goes, do not do anything. Do not talk to anybody about God. Do not do anything until what? I come back. Now, some of you are a little freaked out by this. Some of you that grew up in charismatic backgrounds, you're like, yeah, the Holy Spirit, we should talk about him. Those of you that didn't, you're going, okay, what is this Holy Spirit thing? What are you about to say? The Holy Spirit is an incredible part of what it means to be a Christian. In fact, let me just say it this way. In the 1800s, a chemist discovered an incredibly powerful compound. When he was trying to figure out what to name it, he called a friend that was a Greek scholar and he said, hey, what's the Greek word for power? And the word that he gave him was dynamos or dunamos. And from that word, we have the word dynamite. And from that same word, that word dynamos, dunamos, is the same word that's used in the Bible when it talks about the spirit, the Holy Spirit and the power that it brings. So this is, here's the idea. Do you know when dynamite goes off? Absolutely. There's no question about it. And the same idea, you know when the Holy Spirit shows up. You know when that power shows up. Because it's like a dynamite. It's something that happens in our lives that only happens through the Holy Spirit. See, living the Christian life is about that power. It's about having that power in our lives. But we can see what's possible by looking at what happened in Jesus' life in the same way. You know, here's what we tend to think. We tend to think, oh, it's what I do. Well, Jesus, what did Jesus say? He said, wait until you have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because who changes hearts? It's not us. When we tell somebody about Jesus, we're not the ones changing their hearts. It's the Holy Spirit. When we're praying for someone's character and who they are to change, for them to make different decisions, it's not us that changes their heart. It's the Holy Spirit. So when we look at what we ought to do, if Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit, if Jesus said, we need the Holy Spirit, then here, where's the power? It's with the Holy Spirit. It's through that relationship. And what did Jesus did? He walked with the Holy Spirit. He walked with God. He spent that time with him daily so that he knew his actions and his words had power behind them. In the same way, we spend time with God every single day so that we know our actions and our words have power behind them. When you hear the verbiage, you know, you've got to live a spirit-filled life. It's not that we look at somebody around us and we say, that's the person. We look at what Jesus did. Let me just say this. A church can have incredible programs, but without the Holy Spirit, it's dead. It's dead. A church can do incredible things, put on incredible services, but if the Holy Spirit is not present, it is dead. But I want you to understand this. The Holy Spirit gives us power not to accomplish our own objectives, not to accomplish our own wants and our own desires. It's something much higher than that. Looking back in the, in the verse, in verse six, it says this. It says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they are not on for you to know. What does that mean? We don't need to worry about when Jesus is coming back. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You'll be on my witnesses. That's what we're called to do. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. And they strained to see him rising into heaven. Two white robed white robed men suddenly stood among him. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here and in looking into heaven? 
Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someone, someday he will return from heaven and in the same way you saw him go. This had to have been a crazy idea for the, them to see Jesus float off, right? I mean, think about it. It's like this. It's when you're a kid and you get a balloon for the first time. What do your parents do? They wrap it around your wrist. Why? So you don't let it go. But sooner or later, what happens? You let it go. You start crying. But if you're outside, it starts going up in the air. What do you start doing? Start paying attention. You start looking. You're kind of amazed watching the balloon go off. And the next time you get a balloon, what do you do? You just let it go. You let that string go because it's fun to watch. I mean, what was crazy for them? They've never seen balloons. This was, this was all new to them. Like somebody, they saw Jesus go up. I bet some guy went, oh, we should have tied a rope to his foot. Like they weren't sure what happened in that moment. In fact, they were so stunned. They just stood there. Like, we don't know how long they stood there, but it was for a long time. I'm sure they were sitting there going, so what happens now? Do we, do we go back up? Like, I'm sure some people were trying to jump. They're like, what, what do we do? They probably keep looking for him. So long so that God had to send two angels. It said the two men dressed in white showed up and said, hey, guys, stop. Stop looking. He's gone. He's gone. But he's going to come back. But right now, right now, you have a job to do. You have a job to do. You have a job. And what's their job? It's to be Jesus' witnesses. What does that mean? It's to tell the world about the gospel. It's to tell the world about what Jesus did. It's to live on that mission. And what did Jesus do to proclaim the gospel? He created an organism called the church. An organism that is not contained within walls. An organism that is not contained within a denomination. An organism that reaches across the world, that its only job is to what? Is to reach the world. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to go through everything with the Holy Spirit. In fact, most of Acts talks about the Holy Spirit a lot, so we will continue talking about that. But let me just understand, it's something that's very important to what we do in our lives. I know some of you right now are in a tough place. This quarantine with jobs, with situations, with money and all of that. And I know some of you too are sitting there and you're just kind of feeling useless right now. You're feeling like, well, where I served, it was in the church. I was a greeter. I worked in children's ministry on the weekend. I worked with students. I, you know, I was, uh, I was on the praise and worship team. You know, I did these things. I did that thing. And you feel like right now, because you're not doing those things, you've lost your purpose. And the exact opposite is what is true. God has put you in the place that you're in right now for a purpose. If you may not, if you may not able to reach out and spend time with kids on Sunday morning, if you're not able to stand on this stage and lead people in worship, that doesn't mean you've lost purpose. In fact, it just means the way that you're achieving that purpose has changed. God has people in your life. God has people around you that he wants you to reach out to do, that he wants you to talk to, that he wants you to minister to. There are relationships right now, things that you can do, studying that can be done that will make you a better Christian on the other side of this. That will allow other people to see more of Christ on the other side of this because of what you're doing right now. You know, when the start of this chapter, you see Luke say that he's writing to this guy named Theopolis. Now, a lot of people say, you know, they don't know who it is, but most people believe this. Most people believe Theopolis was the guy behind Luke with the money. He was the guy that paid for Luke to basically go out for years upon years and do this research, do this time and write this account that turned out to be an incredible part. Actually, when you put Luke and Acts together, it makes up the majority of the New Testament in sheer volume. Here's what's interesting. I bet Theopolis on the other side of this never regretted giving his money to do this. In the same way, let me say this. You have time, you have talents, and you have treasure. 
I'm not sure what part of it and what part of it you need to use right now to reach others for God. Theopolis, his way was he used his resources to allow Luke to do what he did. You may have resources, you may have talents, you may have time to spend with people. But right now is not a time to sit back and think, well, church is canceled. Church has left the building, therefore it's not doing anything. The exact opposite is true. Right now, exchange, let me say this. We have an incredible mission. We still have the ability to reach a lot of people. We still have the ability to care and love on a lot of people. It doesn't change just because these doors are closed. Let me pray. God, I thank you so much for what you've given us. God, I thank you for the passion. I thank you for the calling that you give us. God, I pray right now as we are sitting in our homes, around computers, laptops, as we're sitting around our phones, God, I pray that we realize that. God, I pray that we wouldn't be bogged down by just the craziness of the situation, by the inability to get into these walls, by the inability to be around the people that we want to. God, I pray that we would see it as an opportunity. We would lean into you to figure out what we should be doing right now on mission. God, we thank you that you are still with us. God, we thank you that you are guiding us through this time. And God, I pray that we would lean on you right now. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. All right, I got a couple announcements for you. The first one is this, we're starting a new devotional. So last week we did one on prayer, which went awesome, it was incredible. This week we're starting a new one that's a lot more. This last one was seven days, this one is more than that. Here's what the devotional is called. It's called The Bible Project, Luke and Acts. We're gonna be going through the books of Luke and Acts. And here's the reason why. Those two books in and of itself, you will get to learn the entirety of Jesus' life and the beginning of the church. It's 52 days, but here's what's so incredible about it. This, this devotional in the Bible app is paired with something from the Bible Project. Now, the Bible Project is an incredible group. They um, have come together, put out videos that are basically commentaries of the Bible. So if you ever read a chapter of the Bible, you're like, I have no idea what that means. Every single day when you read it, you will have a a video, about a three to five minute video that will give you commentary saying, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Guys, Pastor Matt said it this past week in his, in his message. He said, don't waste this time. If you can use this time right now to get a full understanding of who Jesus was and what the church was, it would be incredible. On top of that, we're gonna continue to have our leaders post daily devotionals talking about what they're getting from it. I highly recommend, in fact, I challenge you to join us in this devotional. Second thing is this, Friday Night Live, it happened this past week, it was awesome. We got a bunch of questions. Um, we shared about our life, our, me and Chrissy's dating experience, which was fun, but we got a whole bunch of questions about relationships. So this Friday Night Live, we're gonna focus just on that. Questions about dating, relationships, marriage. So you'll see the question come out, put out your questions, all that. We're gonna be answering those live because apparently 12 messages on the topic wasn't enough to cover it. But we're gonna be going through those again and it's gonna be an awesome time this Friday night, 9 p.m. on Instagram. Also, of course, every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, catch GFC online at gfconline.com. Follow us on those things. See an incredible worship service they've been doing every single week. And the last thing, of course, is this, is after this, we have small groups. If you're like, I don't know how to get in a small group. How does that happen? Text groups and your name to 813-345-2594. Text groups plus your name to 813-345-2594. We have a bunch of groups that are using Zoom and uh, Google Hangouts and FaceTime to meet. Guys, I love you. I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about what we're gonna do as the exchange. I will see you next week.